you never walk alone. You never walk alone. Sorry about oh, that, no. Jimmy. Sorry about that. Oh, yes, no. yes, yes, yes. We're still celebrating. Still celebrating. What a performance the other night. I know it's a big week coming up from EGA and probably what we should be starting off focused on, but as a late Orient supporter, as a Liverpool supporter and Hopefully, as a meat supporter as well, hopefully things will be great, but what a well, start to the week. Well, I, I'm, I, mean, I have no objection to that song because it's it's sung uh, with gusto in uh, Parkhead, the home of, of course, my te- the team that I follow, Celtic, and I've been following since uh, since a while, shall we say. Yeah, of and, course, uh, you had to take a weekend uh, off when, when Billy McNeil died, and then... Stevie Chalmers died, who you never even heard of. And uh, was, uh, I, cert- I certainly did. Stevie, of course, scored a winning goal in the 1967 European Cup final. <laughs> um, and he will be long remem- always remembered by Celtic fans for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been in Celtic Park when that, that song is su- sung around. And we've had our moments too. We, like we beat Barcelona, remember, a few years ago, Fergal? I do I remember I mean, that. Not, do you remember Liverpool who scored the goal? The only team who do you remember who scored the goal? Uh, um, Yes, um, I, uh, I do. Young guy now. Go for it. He's, he he went to Airdrie afterwards. Uh, yeah, um, Tony uh, Watt. Uh, Tony Watt. Tony Watt. Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went but to Airdrie afterwards, and I'm afraid didn't he didn't go too far. Yeah, he hasn't been heard of since. But he scored a winning goal that night against um, uh, Barcelona, and uh, you know uh, Rod Stewart was in tears and all the rest of it. And okay, so we've already lost hundreds of listeners, but uh, what a performance, Jimmy! <laughs> You know, people, you hear a lot of people and there seems to be a lot of snobbery in a lot of different sports and, and it seems to be easy to uh, for people to criticise soccer and say, oh, soccer is boring, soccer is this, soccer is that. The last two nights of Champions League football have been unbelievable. I say Sky Sports are raging because they have no coverage of Champions League football and it's all on BT. And it's just been probably the pinnacle of Champions League football over the last two nights. Liverpool's performance on Tuesday night was unbelievable. To come 3-0 down from 3-0 down against a Barcelona team that is running away with La Liga. Uh, I know we had a little bit of uh, debate, we'll call it again, in the studio or in the office earlier on. You reckoned Barcelona and Messi are on the wane. I do, yeah. Th- they're, not, they're not the force that they once were, which nobody was saying when they beat Liverpool 3-0 last week. Um, for Liverpool to come out and... Just the closing down job that Fabinho did on Messi and the brilliance, the ingenuity and the insight and, and the wherewithal of Trent Alexander-Arnold to take that corner when everybody else had their back to him. And he saw an opportunity, saw Divock Origi in, in the box on his own and he took a chance. It was a like, great performance. I love the way Klopp uh, plays. He, he doesn't park the bus. Uh, and uh, you know it's it's about it's about it's about attacking it's about going out there chasing the game and uh, but at the same time I think I do think Barcelona I mean uh, only for Messi like they wouldn't have uh, they wouldn't have got two goals in the first leg obviously they probably wouldn't have got the third goal either. Yeah. Uh, I don't like these it, things of only for and if they didn't have but they do have you know you hear things about people saying oh if the goalie didn't save that but that's the goalie's job he has to save it. Messi's the best player in the world. Has yeah, but if he's not firing on all cylinders, this they seem to be you know he's lacking. Forty, he's forty odd goals this season. Yeah, well, yeah, just as he has for the last fourteen even or fifteen Messi seasons, has and he missed a month with a broken arm. Even Messi has the odd off days, and he had an off night the other night against mm-hmm. Liverpool. He just wasn't let play. Anyway, 
we digress. We are here to talk about Mead Sports. So uh, you're very welcome for our delayed introduction to the Mead Chronicles Sports Podcast, Talk A Good Game. Uh, plenty to talk about this week, Jimmy. Of course, we look forward to the Mead Offaly game in the Leinster Senior Football Championship. Also, Mead and London in the uh, Christie Ring Cup first round game, which formed the two games are part of double header in Partholchen on Sunday. Sure to be a great day. I also have uh, an interview that I did during the week with John Mohan. I uh, had a really good chat with John Mohan, a lovely fellow, of course, now who is. Uh, when he manages Offaly on Sunday, will have managed in all four provinces, having managed Fermanagh, Mayo, Clare, and now Offaly. Uh, it's a unique unique distinction for him. We just get his views on the row in 1996, uh, talk about you know why he got enticed back into the game with Offaly, uh, and also his views on, on football. When you talk about parking the bus, he's got very strong views on, on the way football has gone in the last few years. Um, but really interesting interview and uh, we will have that later on also had a good chat with Brian Menton um, just about Mead's progress this year uh, making it to winning promotion from National League Division 2 um, and also we talked about the year out that he took uh, in 2016 I think it was and he came back then in Andy McEntee's first year 2017 so we just have a quick chat about that as well unfortunately I had a great chat as well with Donald Keoghan but as we said in the last podcast, for some reason, uh, the recorder didn't record. So, uh, a yes, great sir. chat with Donald Keoghan, and he's a bit of an enigma, Donald. He doesn't do too many interviews, but uh, oh, we'll get him again. We'll get him again. Yes, uh, well, I, I was talking to some notables myself during the week, Fergal. I was uh, out at Trim for the launch of the FAI Festival of Football. Mick McCarthy was there, and uh, I was, I was, <laughs> I was talking about Dara Lennon, you know, and he, he was ta- he made a speech afterwards, and he said that Jim, I was in his ear about Dara Lennon, but I, I was just, I was just explaining to Dara uh, to him that Dara scored last weekend, of course, he uh, did, yeah. for Blackburn against Swansea, last game of the season, yeah. uh, scored with a header, yeah, and. Uh, um, I'm not sure Mick knew that, but uh, like he was, he was, his interest was. Well, he said that, uh, Dara was certainly in his plans. Yeah. Uh, but the festival of football is it's taking place in Trim th- this year, and the FEI AGM is going to be in Trim this year, and that's going to be a huge uh, focus uh, of attention. Yeah. You know, with all that's going on there, the clean out of the board. But uh, the, the launch of that was in Trim Castle during the week. You were so also at the uh, Leinster Minor Football Championship yeah, between Mead and Offaly on Wednesday yeah, night yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. Um, so you had a quick word with uh, with Conor O'Donoghue just about the style of football that has been implemented at underage yeah. in Mead. So we'll just hear what Conor has to say later on in the podcast. We'll come back to that. But look, I think when you look at the front page of the Chronicle, there's really only one place we can start. Uh, I know we've started already, so that's a <laughs> bit of a nonsense statement. But it, it, be, we can't go any further without mentioning the unbelievable performance and, and progression of Mead ladies football over the weekend. Uh, Eamon Murray's side winning National League Division 3 title in Clonus on Saturday. And then the minor girls winning the Leinster minor title in Kinnegad on Monday for the first time since 2002. So You were manager of that team. Yes, uh, privileged to be manager of that minor team, Jimmy. Um, and as Brian Kelly mentioned, uh, again, Brian was taken in good jest, of course. That, uh, and it did just go to prove that when you have the raw materials, you know, managing a team can be quite easy. Uh, to get them out onto a field and just perform, it's you know some excellent players there. But we look at the seniors first. We'd spoken a few times throughout the national league when we were looking back at the ladies and how they had performed. That you know 
they were by far and away head and shoulders the big team the main team in division 3 and then anything else other than promotion would have been deemed a failure so to achieve that ga- to achieve that aim and, and reach that goal on Saturday while you know it's a great achievement in the whole lot but it was expected uh, yes it was expected of course because they've they been uh, I, I think Eamon Murray referred to the fact that, that they are, he said that we were too good for that division and with all due respect to everybody else who was in that division that, and, and you know they've proved that th- certainly this year um, marching through you know defeating just about everybody on the way and uh, you know some outstanding performance Stacey Grimes got 1-4 and in, in, in Kelsey Nesbitt Kelsey uh, got you were play- at that game Fergal, but Kelsey Nesbitt I believe was brilliant for Kelsey got player of the match yeah, yeah unbelievable and you know she scored two goals uh, she also spent 10 minutes in the sin bin for bizarre yellow card from the referee. I don't know why why he gave it. Two players, herself and the goalkeeper, uh, Noel Gormley, who's one of the top goalkeepers in the country. She nominated for an All-Star last year and, and proved why she, that was the case during the first half last Saturday. But Kelsey and herself only had eyes going for the ball. The keeper came out, as she's entitled to do, and caught Kelsey uh, with her hip. And, uh, you know, pretty much head high but keeper hurt herself in the process and the referee in his wisdom decided that Kelsey had barged into the goalkeeper, which anybody that's seen it on TV uh, will, will clearly see that that wasn't the case, but she uh, she got a sin bin, but came back into the team then, um, only conceded a point in that spell when she was in the sin bin and when she came back in then, just for the start of the second half, of course, Noelle Gormley didn't make it out for the second half, obviously. She had a couple of bangs in that in that first period where she was brilliant she had made several saves to keep Sligo in the game but she did, couldn't emerge for the second half and Kelsey and Stacey you know, they, they reaped they reaped the, or made hay while the sun shone without their, their first choice why, why goalkeeper do you, Why do you think Fergal uh, the Mead football team the ladies Mead football team has progressed so much in the la- recent years Well there's a serious amount of work been done at underage level and there have been relatively successful teams at under 14, 16 and minor. Okay, maybe not as much so as this year where the 14, 16s and minors all won A championships. But, the, you know, I was involved with a Mead minor team that won in All-Ireland B. And just having a look down through the team, you know, when you see the likes of Avian Cleary, Neve Gologley, uh, Vicky Wall, Megan Tyne, Kelsey Nesbitt, Emma White, they were all on that All-Ireland win in minor B team from a couple of years ago. Uh, so girls are coming through now. There was a period there for a long time where, where players weren't coming through the ranks and, and they weren't making themselves available to the team. But now that Mead are, are winning, enjoying a little bit of success, possibility of a game in Crow Park, players are buying into what Eamon Murray and Paul Garrigan and Paddy Dowling and Shane Waller are bringing to the situation there. And they're buying into the process. They're, they're willing to make the sacrifice and it's reaping rewards, it really because, is. Because uh, the environment has to be created by the powers that be, the county board and so on. They have to provide the, the proper backup and support. And I, I, I assume that's, that's being provided. They do, yeah, they do. And they're, they're very good. Um, of course, you'll always have complaints and you'll always want more. And again, as, as manager of the Mead Minor team, um, we were in a tricky situation last weekend where we had, uh, we had three players on the senior panel. We had Orla Lally, Sarah Wall and Emma Duggan, of course, who were on the senior team on Saturday and had to play in the minor final on Monday. Thankfully, they came out of Saturday's game okay. And we had made requests. They were, they all played league club games or in the league earlier on in the week. 
and we had made a request that those games be you know set aside just for for a week or two but it couldn't be done and you have to appreciate as well that there are a couple of thousand other girls playing football in the county and, and football has to be provided for them as well but as well as that some of them played i know one of our girls played in the in or she was a sub in the minor final on monday and immediately after the game her parents picked her up and dropped her home and she played in the second half of her club for her club in the championship that evening you know so there was championship games fixed and there's been championship games fixed tuesday wednesday thursday well that's what we have to watch out for i think in this county you know all, all, all over in the gas is young players being asked to do too too much you know that's yeah. it's a huge problem in in the ga as we know well the ladies that that national football league title you know it's the first national title in 25 years so i suppose the the county board see look we have to provide football for for young people and but the opportunity to win a national title first one in 25 years was amazing and and it was while there were odds on favorites to do it it was still great to get over the line but the miners as well hadn't won an a title um since 2002 so to get over the line against a really tough Kildare team, a game that ebbed and flowed, they went, Kildare went one two to no score up early on, and we, that was our Mead been traditionally slow starters in the championship this year. We haven't been able to get off the ground running yet, but uh, bounced back really well, and the lead changed hands a couple of times in the first twenty minutes, and then Kildare got a goal and went five points up at half time and looked looked to be in pole position, but. Uh, there's plenty of strong words said in the dressing room at half time. Uh, we've Maria Keeley is in as a coach with us, and anybody that knows the Keeleys from Dunshockland knows the passion that's there and the fierce determination and desire to win that the Keeleys bring to any football match. And Maria is certainly no shrinking violet when it comes to letting her opinion be known. And and she put a said about the at the girls at half time and told them that their first half performance wasn't good enough. And they reacted superbly in the second half. Unbelievable. Emma Duggan scored 110. You know, a serious Susie O'Rourke won one, Olivia Gore won one, and, and Orla Lally got a point. Well, yeah, absolutely. Ended up six or seven points clear, and okay, uh, Kildare came back and got one two in injury time to close the gap to two points. Uh, so it looked a little bit closer than it actually was, but it was a superb performance and a great weekend all round for Mead ladies. So. That's the 14s, 16s, minors and seniors have all achieved their, their early season goals That's with the fantastic. underage winning A titles in, in Leinster and the seniors earning promotion. But there is that issue of, of burnout. I think Emma, Emma, brilliant player, uh, young Emma Duggan, she played um, with, with others as well. With, with uh, you know, she played um, on the on the Sunday and the the, mo- the Saturday, the Saturday and, and the Monday. Saturday, yeah, yeah. And Orla so Lally, who was the Orla captain, Lally, and yeah. Sarah Wall, who sent it back. Yeah. yeah, and Sarah's doing her leaving cert as well. You know, so she they're busy kids and and they're under a lot of pressure. But uh, I tell you, with those girls, pressure certainly is for tired. They they don't show it. They uh, they love every minute of it, and it was just a joy to sit back and watch how much Monday meant to them after seeing their celebrations on Saturday in Clonus when the senior team won to watch those three girls celebrate with girls of their own age you know their buddies and their pals and the girls that they've played football from under 12 it was it was special to see that and Orla Lally is a, a, an unbelievable captain and if you get a chance to see the speech that she made after the game um, I know it's on the Leinster Ladies uh, website or Facebook page it should be on it if anybody gets a chance to get in there sorry that's my phone ringing and of course it's Maria Keeley but anyway 
thought I had my phone turned off. Yeah, um, I, mean, I was just interested. You know, Eamon now he's talking. Eamon Murray talking about day and and indeed the miners. Your team can talk, can approach the the summer now with uh, renewed optimism. He sp- he spoke about that and. Uh, the great, uh, you know, once a team starts winning, and we said it before, and I've I said it, you know, in terms of rugby, soccer, any any game, um, once a team starts winning, uh, the whole culture changes. Players are more willing to put in extra effort. It's it creates uh, this wave of optimism, and yeah, he, well he was he spoke about the optimism, great optim- optimism, optimism that, is that there sense now, of so. of can do. They play Leash now in, in the first round of the Leinster Intermediate Championship. And if they win that, then um, it kind of would put them into an easier group. The All-Ireland then is played in kind of groups. Mm. So if they win against Leash, it should put them in, uh, using my air quote marks here, the easier group uh, in the All-Ireland. But, you know, there's an opportunity to win another Leinster Intermediate title there. But the aim now shifts for all those teams in Mead to All-Ireland glory. So... Mm. Um, a rising tide there is lifting all the boats at the minute, and uh, there is possibility of all Ireland success for for all the teams. So yeah, but they're, they're, we get the heads down, Jimmy, and we'll work hard for the next. We're we're not out. The miners aren't out now until I think it's about the twentieth or twenty first of July, where they play the Ulster champions, Donegal or Monaghan, are playing this weekend. Yeah, well, I was as I said, I was talking and I asked him a question. If he took over some team, what's the first team he? What's the first team he seeks? And he's managed quite a few teams at this stage, you know, in a great career. But what's the first thing he seeks to do? And that's to instill a spirit into the team, a camaraderie. And I know as Eamon uh, mentioned some things about, you know, the team being great friends, the players great friends. So that's that's one of the uh, powers of any, um, one of the things that powers any successful team is that sense of uh, camaraderie and spirit. It's Eamon's huge strength. Eamon knows, knows what his strengths are. And knows what his limitations are, and his huge strength is to bring in bringing players together, creating an atmosphere, uh, creating a, a situation where they can thrive, where they come in and enjoy their football. Mm. That's Eamon's number one priority. In mm. no matter what, isn't the win all Ireland's or isn't the way, It's that girls come in and enjoy their football. And that well, is his priority. Well, again, listening to Klopp during the week. He was talking about that that same him the and Maureen and Jorgen Klopp. Yeah, same well, sentence. you know, God, it's, it's basically that. the same set of principles. You're have trying to teach to, him how to listen to podcasts. You're That'll trying to in, in, uh, create an environment where players can enjoy, but but also grow and become better players. Yeah, well, they and certainly are doing that, and he surrounds himself with good coaches then as well. Like Paul Garrigan is one of the most sought after coaches in the country, and uh, Eamon got him in there, and and he's working superbly with the girls. So. You know, it's onwards and upwards. And uh, speaking of onwards and upwards, we better move on from that because uh, we do have interviews with John Mohan, Brian Menton and Connor O'Donoghue that we want to play out for you as well. But we also want to talk about the games that are coming up at the weekend. Um, Double header in Par Tulchin. We, uh, of course, you know, the Hurling Fraternity will say that oh, it's, most of the coverage is going to the footballers. But the Hurlers are playing in the Christie Ring Cup. So we'll just start with them. They're playing London. Uh, this, they met only four months ago in the National League yeah. uh, tight game in trim mm. but the hurlers would be expected to overcome London in part yeah I was at Sunday. that game and um, I think that game in a way encapsulates how the, the, the league campaign has gone for Mead because Mead were brilliant in the first half uh, completely dominant all over you know you could say okay but you know maybe it took while, a while for London to get find our legs shall we say but they had travelled up the night before so the, they should have been pretty uh, well settled but um, it took while you know Mead were well ahead you know at half time yeah. but in the second half uh, they, they fell away 
you know, Mead led, I think it was um, 213 to five points or something like that early in the second half. And then they suddenly fell away. They seemed to lose focus, lose uh, their concentration. And they ended up, uh, I mean, just about winning that game. Okay, they won by 316 to 310. But uh, considering where they were in the first half and the, and the start they had, it should have been a lot more. So that's something now that uh, uh, Nick Fitzgerald will be concerned about, the way the te- their te- his team has faded out of games. But I suppose the fact that they could get themselves into a position where they were 313 to six points ahead suggests that there is a golfing class between Mead and London. Um, I saw the London football manager making a case during the week about... Um, you know, the, playing again. You know, the second tier. He was looking for a second tier in the football championship, and teams playing against have more chance of playing against teams of their own standard. Mead and London would be considered to be in the same bracket, but for all intents and purposes, Mead should be the vastly superior team. Yeah, well, they're coming down from uh, the McDonough Cup last year. Uh, you know, you would expect, and they have beaten London in recent years, and you would expect them to win. Yeah, but uh, as as um, Nick pointed out, you just never know what you're going to get from London. And, um, you know, in terms of players available to them, who was training with them, you know, I mean, we know the, the difficult situations that they have to overcome over there in terms of travelling miles and miles to a training session from one side of London to the other, perhaps. Uh, so you never know what you're going to get from them. And it's difficult for them, but they also have that element of surprise. And he's, that's what he's very wary about. So um, nothing guaranteed, nothing guaranteed. But yeah, yeah. Look, you'd have to expect them to me to, to start off with a victory on Sunday and then push on from there to uh, win the ring. So Cup. that game is at one o'clock in Partholch, and uh, the football is on a tree. But we'd love to see a big crowd in for the hurling. Um, th- these boys are working their socks off. I see them out in Dungani, and they're working really hard, and they're playing a lot of challenge matches, and they're really focused on winning this Christie Ring Cup because, uh, well, as, as Connell, who did the uh, interview with Nick Fitz uh, last week, um, he pretty much put it to Nick Fitz that anything less than winning the Christie Ring Cup for Mead would be deemed, I wouldn't say a failure, but a very dis- very disappointing outcome. They have to be winning the Christie Ring Cup. I, I've, I think so, yeah, but that's, uh, that... Um it sort of puts a weight of expectation on them, you know, and um, so me teams have haven't done too well with that that weight of expectation, and well, it's something that we we refer to as well in the footballers now. Well, that's it. I was just about to say that when we talk about the weight of expectation, the huge weight of expectation that was on me ahead of last year's uh, the start of last year's Leinster Championship when they went into the game against Offaly, and we all know what happened there. And after securing promotion to Division One in the National Football League this year. Once again, there's a huge weight of expectation on the team going in. I, I'm going to take an opportunity just before we start talking about the game um, because Brian Menton, in the interview that I did with him, spoke about that weight of expectation as well as a lot of other things. So uh, we'll just play Brian Menton's interview here and uh, we'll be back then with further uh, preview of the Mead Offaly game. Brian, it's been a... It's been an impressive year, I suppose, a progressive year for Mead when you think of how 2018 ended. So to get promotion to Division 1, the mood in the camp must be great ahead of the start of the Leinster Championship. Yeah, um, I suppose going back to 2018, um, disappointing start to the, to the Championship in playing Longford. And I think, you know, a lot of people say if we got over line against Throne, we may have gone on a run. Um, so we performed well against Tyrone um, 
and we learned from that game um, and we learned from kind of the leagues previous to that this year obviously division one was the, the main goal there for the league and most importantly consistency was that was the main goal and I think we achieved that and, and, and we've been improving as every game goes on and we're learning from every game so yeah it's 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 very positive it's obviously I'm, I'm probably a stickler for trying to win silverware which is you know the Donegal game the final was disappointing and the fact that we lost to them twice but won every other game is yeah. a little bit disappointing but hopefully we'll learn from them them two results and uh, we kick on come the championship now. So was the was the Tyrone game the eye opener, the kind of a realization that hold on a minute, we you know we have a good base here and it's something that we can build on. It must have been disappointing then to have to wait four, five, six months or whatever it was. It was, I suppose. Like a lot of people spoke about us throughout the country and and, and the same the year before against Donegal, you know. But I suppose we're we're kind of fed up of moral victories now. Yeah. You know, that's it's not what we're after. Um, yeah, it's, it's a long time to wait, but um, as I said, we, we're, we're looking to, to, to win games, consistently perform, um, are the most important things, but like them two games, they're, they're, they're disappointing, um, but look, as I said, moral victories are, are gone now, um, that's, that's not what we're after. A lot of the malaise probably from last year, um, and which led to the lack of consistency, was an inability to break down blanket defences and getting frustrated at that. Um, a few new coaches brought in this year and probably a fresh approach. Uh, you could see that quite obvious through the league that the attacking options were more varied. Have the new coaches added something as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I suppose, Colin Nally being in just lets Andy even view training sessions that bit better. He can, he can kind of step back from the coaching side a bit more and, and actually look at, you know, from the outside what, what, what we can improve on. Um, yeah, Colin Alley's made, made a big difference there in, in our setup and, and when you need to hold on to the ball and when you need to pierce uh, defences. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a hard thing last year in the league. You know, we, we drew the first game and then won a game and then we lost three on the trot. And I think, you know, mentally, each game as we lost, we were probably just overthinking it and, and they're kind of, you can create a negativity within the camp um, and obviously with winning brings confidence and brings enjoyment and brings positivity um, and, and last year just losing a few games on the trot can really really get you down and kind of you know tr going to training can be that bit harder and this year we've really even though we lost to Donegal in the league we bounced back from, from, from mistakes and even mistakes in games we're bouncing back that little bit better we're reacting to things that bit better. So is that a momentum thing? So while the momentum last year was hard to break when you were on that losing streak, this year you got on a winning streak and you were winning games that without doubt last year Mead teams would have lost because you know, that momentum was flowing against Mead. Yeah, if, even this year, you know, like even if we win the game well, we, we'd always, you know, critically look at the game and, and look at what we can do better. Um, you know, there's no point in kind of patting yourself on the back when you get a win. You're still making mistakes in the game that you need to learn from and improve the next day and try and keep improving or else you're not, you know, you're not going to learn and you're not going to get any better unless, even though you're winning games, you critically look at your, your game and try and get that bit better. Especially now, you know, we played Division 2 teams for so long now, we're, we're looking on to next year and we're going to have to critically still look at ourselves and go that step further and improve better. Even this year coming into Championship to, 
to get to that Super 8s, you know, that's Division 1 football essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we need to get to that level. Last year against Longford, I know Andy spoke about it um, the other day, he mentioned that there was three decent goal chances in the first half that had those gone in, the game would have been over at half time. So there was a sense of it was left behind last year's Leinster Championship. So is going into this year's Leinster Championship, is there a feeling that we have to make amends for last year or is it a, a new clean slate? To be honest, I think I think it's a, it's a clean slate. I think we just need to... Obviously, we'll look into Offaly and, and, and exactly what they're about and we'll critically you know, see where we can attack them and everything else but ultimately we need to just look at ourselves yes we missed three goal chances but you know we need to create three more yeah. to, to, to keep the board ticking and, and and to get over that line you can't just go in at half time and say oh look at it it's not our day because yeah, yeah. the game is always there to be won you know so um yeah look at i think it, you know, it's it's it was three goal chances missed. You know that happens in games, but you need to just you need to just keep going. And and you know, as as I said, there was a, a lot of games in the league this year that we've had setbacks. A lot of games, you know, and even even if you just look at the, you know the mistake that that happened in the Donegal game, we reacted really well the next week. You know, so that that I think is is a massive positive this year, and I think everyone can see that, even supporters as well. And. Uh have you done much prep work on Offaly? Have you prepared for what they and a John Mohan team are going to bring against Mead? I'm, I'm sure after last year's experience, it's not something that's going to be taken for granted just because they're a lower division team. Yeah, like we're not going to overanalyze them. I think, you know, probably to have it fresh in, in the mind, we'll probably look this weekend, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see what they're about exactly. But, you know, obviously the, the club month just gone and and the last couple of weeks or whatever you know it's it's just about kind of getting back into our swing of things and you know going through our process again and then we'll we'll, we'll do our review on 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 Offaly and, and and we'll see then from there on well from your own point of view you took that year out um you've come back and and you're coming back straight into the team but um yeah so when, when you came back into the team really you came back in straight away as a leader um is that an extra pressure on you or that year that you took out how did you feel Coming back in after that, have you refreshed and a, a new I, hunger? I suppose I, I was I was in since 2010. Mm. Now, granted, I, I didn't play that summer, but uh, I suppose I was only just gone 19. Um, and the reason I took the year out was just because I, I didn't know kind of anything other than than being part of a, a mead setup. And it, any intercounty player will tell you it's it's an intense commitment. Um, I took the year out, and I have to say I missed it. Um, you know, it's it's just a step above club level, and everyone will tell you that. Like a lot of players would say, would step away because of the commitment, but I actually enjoy it. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, um, and I missed it. And and it, I suppose that year out probably just gave me that little bit of hunger that I was well, I wanted to come back and and, and play football again. Um, and obviously, knowing Andy, he, he would have. Um, Andy Mack would have brought me up to senior level with Dunamore Ashburn yeah. um, when he won the intermediate years and years ago. Now it feels yeah. uh, he would have brought me in, so I, I knew exactly what Andy was about and I knew the professional setup that he would bring. Um, so I was happy to, to jump on board. With and he wa he wasn't going to accept no for an answer from you at, at that stage. <laughs> no, there's there was a couple of Mackendies, not just Andy, that <laughs> that I met up before I came back in, and yeah, they'd be. Uh, 
it'd be very encouraging and um, persuasive, let's say, to, to, to bring it. But no, I was, I was all for it. I was always, always coming back in after a year out. It's interesting to hear that, that you love the commitment when you hear so much, so many other people saying how difficult it is to juggle family life and work life and, and a social life and all that. But when you say you've been at this since you're 18 or 19, it, it practically is your life. Yeah, it is. I suppose I'm probably lucky that my family are, are a Gaelic family. Um, even my girlfriend and her family would be would be would be mad into the GA, so they they kind of understand it enough. Helps, yeah. it, oh, it definitely helps. Like you know, I suppose the lads trying to get girlfriends nowadays yeah. saying uh, you're not going to have any summer holidays yeah, until yeah. I retire yeah. is is a tough thing to to tell them. Um, no, I, I like. I suppose you can you can go back to the club and you can play games on Fridays and Saturday nights and have your night out every weekend. But it just it's not for me. No. Um, maybe I'm just getting a bit older as well that I just you know I'm, I'm not kind of mad for a night out every week. So um, look at it, it's uh, it's a commitment. You, you know you feel healthier. You're you're part of a group here. That's you know there's a lot of young and up and coming players here, and it's it's just positive camp to be in at the moment it's, so. it's something that people my vintage would have given the right arm to be able to do is it something that you look at other people and wonder why would you not want to do this does it baffle you not really like i mean everyone kind of has their own it's i suppose it's a, a lot of it's got to do with the way you're growing up as well as i said my my dad would be would be ga obsessive like so you know every day i was like he would have coached me from you know under 14 15 16 minor so I kind of went home every day from school and talked about Gaelic football, whereas other lads, you know, they might go home and do something else or they might just dream of, you know, going travelling or, or whatever. Like, their, their careers may, may be more important to them. And, you know, that's, that's just every... It's up to the individual, really, like, you know. That was Brian Menton. Uh, obviously, looking forward to the game. Um, you know, he, he has a passion for the game and you can hear it in his voice. He just loves it. He just loves playing football and... Uh, when he did take the year out, as he said there, when he did take the year out, he missed it. And uh, he was delighted then when Andy McEntee uh, knocked on his door. He certainly wasn't going to turn down that call. But Jimmy Offaly will bring bring their threats too. I know they, they just managed to avoid relegation from Division 3, but there was some tight games in that campaign for them. Um, yeah, well, uh, I think even more uh, relevant, I suppose, Fergal is... The, the huge level of uh, experience Mon will bring as a manager. Okay, you mentioned earlier on how he's managed now in p- four provinces. But, uh, but okay, he does need the players still. Mm. And uh, and he has to bring them up to a certain level. And that's probably where they will fall short. You, you just can't see how uh, a team who, who just avoided falling into Division 4 but they won their last match against Carlo Sligo, uh, yeah. Sligo. Uh, was it Carlo yeah it was Sligo was it yeah, yeah um, that um, you know uh, that, that you know they, they lost that game and they really but I mean he, he knows if anybody knows how to I mean remember back in Clare 1992 yeah when Clare won, won the, the Munster Football Championship uh, what a what an achievement that was and you know that's something that's uh, he brings all that store of knowledge. He he, he increased the level. He, he, it was it was just unbelievable that he didn't win a, an All Ireland with with Mayo. You know, was yeah, yeah. Well, he he uh, Colin Coyle's lucky bounce. You know, with yeah. Well, he does talk about uh, that All Ireland final in 1996 um, in the chat that I had with him out in Casement Aerodrome in Baldonnell last week. So uh, we'll just have a listen to that 
interview now some very interesting words from John John just about the um his opinion on football and where it's gone and you know you spoke about Jurgen Klopp not parking the bus and John Mohan has very strong views on the way football has gone in the last couple of years so um we just listen to the interview that I happen to have with John Mohan last week John it's a, it's I suppose a, an old familiar enemy or a foe that you're facing in the first round you have fond memories or not so fond memories of against Mead in the past uh, yeah me personally as a thing from Offaly yeah, um, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah obviously well 19, you're alluding to 1996 and uh, that game is remembered that Ireland final and replay is remembered for the, the big frack and believe that took place in the replay which is unfortunate um, not by saying that uh, uh, there's no animosity whatsoever between me and Mayo you bury the hatchet and you move on um, but at the time it was a bit unfortunate I don't think it was handled well by arguably one of the best referees of the country Pat yeah. McEnany we've had uh, we've made it up with Pat as well but uh, now we're signing that it, um, Mead went on and won the All-Ireland and Mayo didn't and that's what the history books will show so. but it's one of those great rivalries yeah. that the GA needs those type of oh, great rivalries absolutely sure. it? it was a major talking point like I mean uh, it certainly it, it, it does yeah, I mean yeah, it, it's uh, and Mayo look in particular Mayo are great for the game and I know uh, the coffers in Crow Park would have suffered a bit last year since Mayo didn't uh, uh, progress excuse me, to the uh, um, All-Iron Series because uh, more than um, heading to New York this weekend, I think it's about six or 7,000 uh, Mayos congregating in New York for the weekend. I, I mean, it's incredible the, the type of support I witness because I live in, down in Mayo, obviously, and, uh, I, and my, my brother and his wife and six of his seven kids have gone to New York for the weekend, um, which is mad in itself but um, it is yeah there's, there's a great passion and love as there is in, as there is in Mead and uh, they have a great history and particularly back in those um, Sean Boylan's era the, all the great success they had and going right back to you know McIntyre and Rourke and uh, the Lions and all those boys I mean sure we when we were growing up young and not so young you're just, sure you'd marvel at the, the toughness and the physicality and yeah it was a different side of football there that uh, certainly shall we say suited the Mead kind of a character Exactly. So when, when you talk about that passion and love for football, it's obviously something that you have as well. It, it dragged you back into it uh, with yeah. this awfully job. Is it that passion that you just? It is. It is. I, I, I mean, I, I never stepped away from it. Like, unfortunately, I was, I got injured when I was young, 25. I had gone to boarding school in Mort and in the Carm Rice and with some Mead boys, West Mead boys, awfully lads, obviously, and. Um, uh, love my time uh, and playing football there played at a high level we were lucky enough to win a Hogan Cup yeah. and then went down to University in Galway and played Sigerson lucky enough to win two Sigersons and I had won an all-round on the 21 medal and uh, everything was rosy in the garden and I got injured at 25 and it broke my heart and uh, I got kind of involved in coaching management when I was very very young nearly 30 years ago with Clare and had a bit of success down there and I've never been out of it the, the game uh, um, since even when you know I stepped out away from inter-county management I got involved with Casbar Mitchells at the underage there I spent 4 or 5 years with boys 14, 15, 16, 17, year, 18 year olds and uh, my brother inveigled me into taking over uh, the club he was chairman of a small club where my mother had come from yeah. uh, Lahard and we were lucky enough two years ago to win their first adult junior championship, they won the first competition and uh, went on to an All Ireland semi final. Were beaten by uh, Multi Farnham, uh, but I mean that in itself was fantastic. And you know, it, it, irrespective of the level you're involved in, if you can bring a bit of happiness and joy and have a bit of crack along the way, sure, that's what it's all about. So, what appealed to you uh, about Offaly? What, what was the appeal to 
throw your lot in with Offaly this year? Well, when I sat down uh, uh, with the committee uh, to interview, I said, uh, they asked me what I said for an interview, and I said, no, they were wasting their time, and I had zero intention. I was on the record as saying, no, I'll never get back into the county management again because the t- game had moved on. I, it was 10 years since I'd been involved with, with Roscommon, and that wasn't necessarily a, a great experience <laughs> for me personally, but... Um, I hadn't. I, 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 I was. I loved the game, but uh, I had no intention of getting involved. And geez, after an hour and a half, I found the words come out, "Irish or I will." Yeah. And then <laughs> when I met my wife later on that night, I said, "You, you won't believe what I'm after doing." And uh, I don't know why I said yes. Uh, I certainly would uh, have wished I had travelled up and down to Kilcormack three or four times before I made the decision because the, tra- the travelling, the driving is tough. But notwithstanding that, uh, now that I'm in it uh, and become immersed in it and now that I've got to know the lads and I think that's anyone that's involved in football particularly when you go into a, a, a different county a county outside your own getting to know lads and understand their way and what they work at and what they do and chatting to them on the phone that kind of stuff I love that yeah. engagement I love that uh, type of interaction engagement and seeing them improve and look at it, it's an emotional ride playing at inter-county level and matches you lose some and you butcher results and you get over the line and that's exactly what happened with us in Division 3 we, were, we, we had to go down to Saigo to get a point to get two points won by a point but managed to survive in Division 3 and you know just felt a little bit of satisfaction believe it or not yes, at that yeah. level in doing that and I think we've moved on a little bit in the last five or six weeks and unfortunately we've got a huge task um, you know the, 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 look at we're not going to uh, talk Romish here the reality is Mead are now a Division 1 team played ex- with the exception of Michael Murphy out of the equation that Division 2 final Mead would have won that game they won 6 to a point up after 15 minutes I said my god you know Mead are back and uh, they certainly are uh, there's no doubt they have a lot of talent and uh, I know a difficult enough campaign last year and we were kind of, over the last number of years I personally would be looking over my shoulder saying what's wrong with Mead football but right now they have certainly made huge, huge strides in the last 12 months in particular but even, even in your own league campaign this year, when you think, OK, you needed that win against Sligo, but when you analyse the individual games, you know, you had ran Leash to win in three points and they were in the final. Westmead was a decent performance. Yeah. Well, there were decent performances yeah. in that to give you enough hope, to give you a belief that, you know, maybe we could do something here. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Um, we, um, we were consistent, with one exception. I think the game against Down, we were poor above in Uri. But other than that, I'd look back and say, hey, every single game, we could have won. You know, and I think if we were start our league campaign right now, uh, with the kind of fitness that we have, and now the knowledge that we have of the players, and we've got them buying into you know a, a reasonable uh, level of the philosophy and the ethos involved in inter-county eleven, they're very very committed. I have to say, you know, you talk about tradition and history in a county, and you say, well, how, how does that transition into a modern footballer? In different ways, it does because there is talent in Offaly, no question about it. There's football; they understand the game and they have a love of the game and they know how it should be played. And we have a lot of a, a very, very good footballers. Um, and I have to say, I'd be very, very proud of, of some of the performance and even seeing the way they've improved throughout the campaign. Uh, it's nice. Um, yeah, but that consistency was there. Um, it's tough. Division three football is uh, very, very competitive because every single team you play can beat each other, and you're playing at a level that they're evenly matched and uh, that's what makes league football so interesting for the likes of Offaly and the leashes of this world you know the championship is lopsided we've got to accept it is and there's something fundamentally flawed with it at the moment because I know there are certain uh, Offaly footballers who would not make a commitment to get involved and I can understand why they wouldn't at one level 
you know, there might be the, maybe a bit of shame or embarrassment if they went out and were drawn against a Dublin and Cork Park and could they keep the ball kicked out of them. You know, there would be a, at that level of, of interest and um, insofar as a bit of embarrassment in front of your own family. But uh, I don't accept that. I, I see it the other side, you know, going you know uh, be be the, the yeah be the best you can be maximize your potential and stretch yourself in a way and you buy into a ethos and a philosophy and a lifestyle where the liberation of ego testing you know all of that uh, against lying on the couch drinking porter and having yeah. a crack with the lads you can always do that yeah. but uh, anyway it is what it is when uh when awfully look back at history or in recent history especially when they come up against Mead they came up against Mead in 1997 uh, Mead were all Ireland champions awfully knocked Mead out of the Leinster Championship same happened in 2000 Mead went in with a big reputation all Ireland champions in 99 and of course Mead are going in again on a high after winning promotion to Division 1 is there a sense that Opley might be lying in the long grass there waiting to pounce again and they're well capable of causing what some will regard as an upset I suppose those days are over um, yeah they are yeah like I mean I was involved in clear in 1992 we went in and beat uh, Kerry in the Munster final the chances of that happening again are pretty slim albeit clear have improved enormously uh, but the big shocks are gone I mean teams are so well prepared and you know, you, you know, the days of climbing up a tree, looking in over ground to see who's playing, you don't even have to do that anymore because everyone has a video of every performance and every opposition is analysed in detail. And guys are smart. and you, know, because you can always look back at the history and look back at those upsets. And they will be referred to and say, listen, Mead will talk about it this week and say, look at that, what happened in 97. Look what happened in 2000. Yeah, so you, you've got... so. They're being Mead are, are in a different space now. I think they're off down for a weekend away this weekend yeah, away. Not here today. Not here today. You know, they have obviously big plans and good luck to them. And um, you could say rightly so. They have a very, very good setup now and obviously good management. I know they had a big review that was undertaken midsummer last year and obviously lessons have been learned and they're a smart, good team. And I, I saw that in particular in the game in the Division 2 final where I thought they were superb. Yeah. So then... What are your ambitions then for this year and, and beyond? Maybe what, what do you see? Off well, to, to be realistic, you'd be hoping after we play three championship, at least three championship games. Um, we have an enormous task. But at the Park Carlton, it feel well if the game was in the corner park, it might be worth a point or two. It's not. So everything is against us uh, in that regard. But what am I looking for? I'm looking for there are lads who will go out and express themselves. They go and have a right cut and uh, have a go. And I think awfully people would, uh, would expect that, and rightly so. I mean, the days of sitting back, uh, you know, protecting uh, mind in the house or playing 50 behind the ball, that's not our ethos or our philosophy. It's not my philosophy. I kind of, I've turned my back on lots of games. That games I thought I would, something I thought I would never do because of some of the dreadful stuff I've watched in recent years. And, uh, you know, thank God for hurling in the championship in the last couple of years because the football has gone to a, a space and, 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 and to a place that I don't particularly like but uh, after we'll come and have a go on, on, on Sunday um, it would be a, a shock of seismic proportions where anything uh, um, happen other than a comfortable need victory John thanks a million yeah so John wasn't having wasn't having any of the uh, the notions that I was trying to put into his head that there was enough 
enough to suggest in some of Offaly's results in the league that you know they might be able to rise their game and cause Mead a few problems. Uh, they, of course, they only lost to Westmead by a point. They drew with Longford, who we lost in the championship last year. Uh, they only lost to Loud by two points. They beat Carlo. Their only trimming really that they got was um, against Down, and that was to 12 to 10 points. So, you know, they've been there and thereabouts in games. They haven't been, been flushed away and, and been destroyed in any games. And I don't expect them to get destroyed on Sunday either, even though Mead are in good shape, um, despite what we believe was a heavy beating they took off at the hands of Kerry uh, down at the training camp that they were at last week. Yeah, well, look, Fergal, it'll depend on what Mead team shows up. Will it be the Mead team that was, <coughs> excuse me, they were brilliant against Kildare in the league game in the second half? Or w- uh, uh, and, and indeed, the, le- the Mead team that was extremely good against Donegal in the first half. So that's another issue with the, with the footballers. This... Uh, inability really to uh, play for a 90 minute or 70 minutes at the full tempo uh, that's required to put to put teams away you know they, they seem to be uh, playing for maybe 20 minutes uh, 35 minutes or at a, I think very, that's a been addressed. high intensity I think that's been addressed a little bit um, no team dominates games anymore for 70 minutes from start to finish no teams do it every team gets their run on you every team has their 20 minute spell uh, some teams might might have a little bit longer but when Mead have been good they've been very very good and even when other exactly. teams and even but even when other teams have gotten on top of them Mead have still been very very good in limiting the damage this year compared to last year last year when other teams got on top of Mead they destroyed us we weren't able to claw it back we weren't able to shift the momentum we weren't able to stop the flow towards the Mead goals the whole time that's changed this year there's been a change in mentality a change in approach a change in system in how they set up in that uh, again referring back to Jurgen Klopp in that Jurgen Klopp uh, rock and roll football that he likes to play is the the pressure is on turnover possession win it back quickly and launch an attack let's turn momentum in their favour again that's been very evident with Mead this year yeah the, the tempo of the game they, they've brought on the tempo and we spoke about this before and um, how Colm Nally has um, brought another dimension to the, the team and how, in terms of their preparation and so on and their fitness level and um, Andy McEntee was, was referred to it as well about the, the fitness levels is improved that's one of the the reasons he pointed toward why they, they might do well this season he suggested so you know the tempo the yeah at the tempo they're playing at uh, but they do fade um, Fergal you have to concede that and they do fade for t- spells out of game I know teams every team does well though. every team does yeah they're, they're fading it's, uh, you know they fade against Donegal uh, for a long spell and, and uh, Donegal came, came you know got a grip on the game and uh, I know Murphy had a huge part to play in that but and still only won by two points you know so yeah. You know, and, and we're talking Donegal here, who are considered a top four, top five team in the country. You yeah. know, it's a long, long way since uh, that's a, that's a major climb for Mead when you consider we were bit by Longford in the first round of the championship last year. Well, Mead have come on, yeah. Well, they've they've come on an awful lot since yeah. then. Yeah, there's no I, doubt about that. But there's still that worry, I think, among supporters about that. For even Sunday. Yeah. No, not so much for Sunday. No, no, I, I, you know. So worry then in what context then? In in, in context of the expectations we t- spoke about about they maybe perhaps going on to super eights, 
Uh, and where's the hurdle there then? Maybe threatening a serious threat to Dublin in Leinster. Okay, as well, that's not going to happen this year. So if we get over, if we get over Offaly, which everybody expects us to do, give Carlo. Yeah. Is there a serious yeah. threat there? Uh, we should be. No, but I'm, I'm talking about Dublin. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But no, did. but we're saying that the aims are the super eights. So you get over Carlo, then you play Leash or Westmead. Well, no, real, well, no real threat there, seriously. Well, absolutely. I would uh, one that, that would worry you? Would you be well, overly I, worried? I would, I would because we, we, only, we lost Longford last year. I mean, Yeah, but that's what we've we're saying, that things we've have improved. We've improved enough, but have we improved that... To such a level where we can sort of dismiss. I'm not dismissing. I, well, I, but you're I'd saying be com- it's not a threat. I'd be confident of victory, though. Yeah, yeah. So that puts you into a Leinster final, okay? Where let's face it, Dublin will be too strong. But then you're just one game away from a, or is it two games away? You're a round four qualifier. Yeah, one game away then from Super Eights, isn't it? I don't know how the hell that bloody system works, but I think you're just one game away then. And if you got a favourable draw in that last round of qualifiers to get you into the Super Eights. So, Mead are really only one, in my opinion, I might just sound very cocky here at this stage, they're, they're really just one big performance away from the Super 8s. One big performance. I don't think we can afford to, uh, we've just come out of the Division 2 after a long time in Division yeah, 2. Yeah. We've a long way to go, Fergal. But, I know but we're, I'm talking we're, about... We're moving, we're moving. I mean... But I'm talking about we need win. Okay, we need wins over Offaly, Carlo, Leash or Westmead, and then one other big team. Yeah. No. So those first three well, are very achievable. Very achievable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're Even if you lose to Dublin, you're still in that last round of qualifiers. So you're not looking for a big performance there. You'd love to beat Dublin, get straight into the Super 8s. That'd be the ultimate dream. But let's face it, that's unlikely to happen. So you need one big performance. And that could be against a beaten provincial finalist, a fellow beaten provincial be- finalist. You know, so yeah. yeah, well, Tyrone could probably win Ulster. It could be against the Donegal again. It could, indeed. Um, which I know would be strong. It could be against a Galway or a Mayo. It could be against a Cork or well, a Kerry. Yeah, well, if you talk about a, you know, you know, Cork, perhaps would would be the choice there because uh, they're yeah. not they're going through their their troubles themselves, their difficulties. But uh, you know, you're talking about other teams there. You know. Um, we, a big performance would be a ma- you know we'd need a massive performance one yeah. massive performance I think gets us into the Super 8s that's yeah. my opinion well <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, so you, you think it will be me will get the job done on Sunday so we're, we're going for a double royal success in Partholchen on Sunday yeah I think it would be, be very disappointed if they didn't achieve that that double you know so uh, starting with the hurlers, but as as you said, let's let's support the hurlers. Let's get out there early up here, and you know, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people there in, in the stand to book their seat in the stand before it's all uh, filled up. Yeah, know. just uh, we'll just have a quick mention as well about the miners last night. Uh, we'll finish up on this because uh, we're we're well into the podcast. We'll we'll probably end up running close to the hour on this week's podcast, but um. The miners last night, Jimmy, eight points to five. If you weren't at it, you're going, oh, Lord, I'm glad I stayed at home for that one. Well, yes, it, it, it wasn't a classic, Fergal, far from it. It, Against it, it was a bit of a it. war of attrition. You know, awfully, we talk about parking the bus. They parked the bus, you know, big time. And, uh, you know, we, you, could, you could hear supporters in the stand, that, you know, mead players passing the ball around, passing it backwards, forwards, every direction you, you could think of. Um, but they had no choice, really. Uh, and it was a point made by uh, Conor O'Donoghue afterwards, the mead manager. You know, you, 
what's the point of you know kicking the ball high into the uh, Offaly Square where they're going to be they're going to outnumber the mead players and even if a mead player gets the ball he's going to be swamped so mead needed to take a so patient the, approach the, the patient really. ball, but, but I mean, mead supporters a lot of uh, some let's say kick it in kick, kick it, it in, in. Kick, that's what they were kick saying kick it in yes. me mad <laughs> and uh, you know it's a tradition in the county it goes back a long way but the game has changed and we have to and that was uh, Connor's uh, and I think you, you, you know he, he said afterwards um, well we just have a listen to what well, Connor yeah well he was he was talking about how they how I was asking him about whether that, that that's part of the the, the philosophy in teams as, as they go up through the ranks is there a, a system in place where you play a certain way all the way through the ranks and meet is there is that is that no, well, I think well, a meat football is is generally about, uh, I suppose, a, f- a physical, robust game and a kicking game, and that is our default game is a kicking game, um, and that's what we certainly prefer to do, and it's the game you would have seen certainly against uh, against Dublin. Um, in terms of what what happens through the structure, um, obviously it's run by uh, Sean Kelly, who's doing a really good job, and he's got good people around each group, and uh, generally speaking. Um, each group imparts the principles as best they can to 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 a development squad, um, and I know. Look, there's this thing about let's get everyone playing the same style the whole way through, and it doesn't quite work like that in reality because you for for someone who was watching us tactically today versus watching us the last day, they would have seen two entirely different types of game, mm-hmm. and you have to react to what the opposition are doing to some extent or another. And if you understand the principles of the game, and if the players understand the principles of the game, they um, they are able to deal with and win ugly when necessary. Uh, Connor, I don't know who they're the uh, Mead minor manager, and he was just talking about how, you know, it's it's not it's not such as straightforward as just having a philosophy of play and and imparting that to all the teams as a, through the ranks. It's about adopting the situations, various situations as players find themselves in and managers find themselves in. And he, he, you know, he had to, uh, to he emphasised how, you know, his players against Offaly the other night had to pass the ball around, be patient, wait for openings uh, before striking. Now, don't he, uh, David Bell got four points and Niall Finnerty got three and Pierce Sheridan got one. Now, Mead scored or uh, registered 14 wides. Um, you know, so that's something. Were they pot shots? Were they getting frustrated then uh, with the some, with the some of them were, but some of them from decent positions, and uh, they, they missed two very good goal chances too. Awfully had one wide, and only five points, and, and only five points, and all and no point from play. So that ah. that says everything about their approach to the game. So you know, we have to be patient. So young Puck kicked the ball out six times. That's about it, and um, and uh, he didn't have a whole lot else to do oh, crazy. because you know. So that's but so. I how mean, can a team? How can a team? How can a manager send out a team to play like that? Like those young fellas can't enjoy playing football doing that. Well, Fergus, that's where a lot of that's philosophy. This is going back to Donny Gall. Uh, and, they should be uh, Tyrone. That's bullshit. And, uh, though. You know, but this is this is where a lot of teams are. Uh, uh, you know, and we've seen it at club level too. You know where the you know. You don't see too many games where maybe not a, a to team that doesn't score from play yeah, yeah. and and it's only unusual. has one wide. Like God, it's unusual. That is dire. And yeah. then you're trying. That's what that's what they're teaching. That's what they're trying to get seventeen year olds to play like in Offaly. Well, yeah. Like where do they think? What does he think he's going to achieve with that? You're going to frustrate me and maybe sneak a win and. Yeah, that's I, not would, I, I would say that's that's that would be the point. Yeah, they they had. Um, they had defeated uh, Wexford by a point in the first game. 
And so if they had won yesterday or, or last night in, in Park Tolton, um, but they were know, never going to win with that attitude. It's four points, so there'd be more or less. But they were never going to win with that attitude. Well, of only being unable to score from play. Well, I think it, in, in that clip there we played of Connor, he, he said that the nearly, you know, they went in fairness and they went close to a getting. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they could have. I suppose they were relying on a, a high ball getting into the square and a lucky bounce or an unlucky yeah, one yeah. from Mead perspective, and and uh, then in, in back of the net, and then so, you know. So Mead play at Wexford now, and in, in basically a winner advances game. Wexford yeah, have yeah. lost b- to both Dublin and Offaly. Mead, of course, have lost to Dublin, um, so yeah. it means Dublin. So Dublin are true. They've won both their games. Fair enough in saying that two teams uh, true. Yeah, yeah, two. Teams and then Mead, true. Mead have two points. Wexford have none, and so, Offaly have uh, none. Offaly aren't going to beat Dublin. Bar they bring in three buses and park it, and doubt even um, that'll do. Double deckers they want to park in front of the goals, but uh, so if Mead beats Wexford, um, next day out, which I think is in Navan. If Mead beat Wexford, they will be true to the Leinster. Would it be quarterfinals then? It's on Wednesday. It's next Wednesday. It's, it's next, 15th it's, of May in week. Navin at 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know. So, so they need to win there. So, again, we'd ask Mead supporters to get out. So, you know, it's not just all about senior teams in Park Tulchin on Sunday. Get out to Park Tulchin next Wednesday night to support the minors then as well. Um, Jimmy, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, we started off with You'll Never Walk Alone. Do you want to uh, send us out on a song? Do you want to leave no, us out with yeah, let you do no, the no, no, no. We're better off not doing that. Okay, folks, uh, I'm Fergal Lynch. That's been Jimmy Gagan, and we've been trying to talk a good game. Say hey!